0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Prospecting, the APRA podcast, featuring thought provoking conversations with prospect development and fundraising experts. We hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: So welcome to another APRA podcast. Um, Today, we're gonna speak about something we feel is pretty topical and it's about um, ideas around managing a remote staff. Um, We understand that many managers out there um, may, Newly in this position of managing our remote staff, um, so we brought together three of our APrA peers who do this on more of a regular basis to share some of their ideas that we hope will be helpful for you. So let me kind of go around and, and um, let everybody introduce themselves. I think it's by the easiest way to do it. So um, Kate, did you want to start?
2: Um, sure. I'm uh, Kate Chamberlain. I am a senior—I senior, don't know what I am—senior <laughs> director of decision um, science and prospect development at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and I guess it's helpful for this context for folks to know that um, we've had uh, people working 100% remote as part of the team, at least. I want to say at least five years and I myself have been 100% remote in another state um, in New Hampshire instead of New York City uh, for almost two years um, and my boss's team is about half 100% remote so this is a pretty normal thing for us now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I pass it over to Jana. Okay. That's, did I pronounce it right? Uh, <laughs>
0: Sure. Um, I'm Jana Lee. I'm the Associate Director of Philanthropy Operations at the Trust for Public Land. And we have, uh, we're a fairly small environmental nonprofit, but we have about 40 offices around the country. And so my team are spread out across four different offices around the country. And I have one employee who's fully remote. And then everyone on my team you know, it's in different time zones, different offices, and we all work from home one or two days a week, generally, and are all remote full time
3: right now. Mark, Jen. I'm Mark DeFlippis, uh, the director of Prospect Development at the Nature Conservancy. Um, uh, we are, uh, by and large, a uh, heavily virtual organization. So, uh, across the board, our development operations are are pretty um, pretty virtual in nature. Uh, my team is um, almost all virtual. We have one person in an office, and everybody else works uh, pretty much from their home offices from all across the country. So this is a normal thing for my team and, and pretty commonplace at my organization.
1: Hi, great, and I guess I should introduce myself as well. Um, I'm Michael Paulus, I'm a data scientist at The Ohio State University. And um, in this capacity, I'll just be trying to facilitate this conversation. So I came up with a series of questions around a number of kind of topics that I thought would be helpful um, regarding remote management Um, and starting with just some of the communication challenges or opportunities maybe. And um, so I thought we'd start with that because obviously when you're all together in the same office, it's really easy to just walk up to people and talk to people. and when you no longer have that, um, I know there's been a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of Zoom, we're using Zoom right now, it's a this podcast. There's been a lot, of, a lot of Zoom being used and there's a lot of other tools as well. So I think maybe we'd go around and just share kind of, in addition to Zoom, what other tools you use? And then maybe, I feel like I see a lot of people feeling kind of Zoomed out, so I'm not sure if you can maybe also speak to when it feels like the appropriate time to use Zoom and then when you would use some other different tools um, that may be helpful for communicating um, when your staff is fully remote, so let me start it. I should just pick somebody to so talk over each other. I guess I'll start with Mark. Mark, do you want to get this started?
3: Uh, sure. Um, so I, you know, for me, I think we you know we rely heavily on a wide range of, of technology. Um, obviously, and that's your it's kind of the baseline. If you can't uh, you know if you don't have the right tools, then it's really hard to kind of. Uh, be strategic and comfortable and, and uh, about, about meeting. Um, we try really um, to have regularly scheduled kind of interactions. I think that's one of the things I've actually talked to some people who aren't normally um, working virtual and, you know, they've had to schedule a lot of things that they just normally didn't schedule. And I think that's part of it. You know, you have to schedule time to communicate, you know, stuff that just normally used to kind of happen, uh, you know, Around the hall, or either just kind of casually, you know, when you needed to, you almost kind of have to make time for that um, to happen. You don't always have to use it. That's some things we always kind of put some blocks on the calendar to kind of make sure that it happens or that there's space for it to happen. You know, no harm, no foul if we have to cancel or back out. Um, and I, and in terms of the the being zoomed out, um, I I totally agree. Um, I think. Um, uh, you know, I try. You know, mostly for like one-on-one interactions, um, I almost never use Zoom. Um, just it's just easier to pick up a you know pick up a phone and kind of reach out or IM with someone as well. IM is is one of my uh, big go-to's um, uh, versus a a virtual phone or, or phone conversation. Um, I find in group settings. That the Zoom and actually making people be on camera, no matter how bad their hair looks or what their you know office setting looks like, um, is really important to keep people focused and participating and not you know multitasking and doing other kinds of things. So uh, that's would offer. Okay.
1: Um, any other thoughts, Jenna?
0: Sure. Um, So my team uses Slack pretty regularly, and we've found that to be a really good tool for a lot of the informal communication that has to happen during the day, either, you know, just the water cooler chit-chat. Oh, my God, it's snowing again. Why do I live in Minnesota? (laughs) You know, does anybody have five minutes to help me look for this phone number or to proofread a profile that I'm looking to send out? And you can kind of talk to the whole the whole team or to an individual pretty quickly that way. So that has been hugely helpful. Um, in terms of Zoom meetings, we use Zoom meetings a lot at my organization, so I'm on video calls with my team for our regular one-on-ones and have been for years. Um, but I'm actually trying to move away from them sometimes because I do think the flexibility to not be in front of your computer all the time can be really helpful. And so there's some meetings where if you're talking about a work product or need to look at something together or screen share or see body language, it can be really helpful to be on video. But some meetings, if you're talking about professional development or goals or work-life balance or schedules, you don't necessarily need to be at your computer you can be pacing around your house you can be out for a walk around the neighborhood and working for an environmental group we try to encourage that a lot so i'm hoping i can shift some of my one-on-ones maybe every other one will be a zoom call at a desk and the opposite ones can be walking around and just catching up or sitting in the backyard with a cup of coffee (laughs)
2: okay yeah i would um I would I sort of second everything you guys are saying I mean from a technology standpoint we've been using Webex for a long long time um, and then we got using slack as a as a kind of same kind of scenario chat informal I mean in some ways slack for us we had a channel called random in which you know children's pictures and pets and cartoons and everything you know imaginable it's, it, it's and that was used almost more than anything else. But then also direct messaging. I got some little report. I have I wasn't part of those conversations. But huge amount of direct messaging among the team members. Um, interestingly, I want to say, not very long ago, maybe six weeks ago, they um, they uh, implemented Microsoft Teams at Sloan Catering, and the the. The pandemic may be a part of it, but I actually, like, adoption was, like, almost instant. Like, people have, like, just gone, like, right in, And, and it wasn't like the whole development office really was kind of operating using video. And I mean, we've, we've been big on silver linings in my office recently, and I think this is, is one of them. Is like literally every single person in the office right now has now figured out how to use Teams, how to have a video call, how to, um, I do think video is incredibly important, and it's hard like when you first get started, because like nobody really wants to be on video. Um, but uh, you get used to it and, and unless a leader of some sort is insisting on it like everybody will avoid it and, but then after a while it starts to become like okay yeah fine so that's just what we do. It's not as big a deal after a while. Um, but I also agree like how many <laughs> you know a lot of different op- there are a lot of different options and I like I really like the kind of informal element of chat and sort of hey, you know it doesn't have to be right now, it doesn't have to be scheduled but I was wondering this thing you know. Um, I also think it might be a little bit, we might be fooling ourselves about how easy it is to communicate in the office. Um, Well, you can just always go talk to somebody. Or when I think about, like, how much, you know, did everybody who needed to know about something actually find out about that conversation I had with that one person in the hallway? Um, So it's just, there's a part of me that wonders if that's not just, like, what we're used to, or what we maybe, maybe other people are used to now, but, like, what people are used to. And so they believe that the communication is happening, whereas when you're working remotely, you have to be so much more intentional about it and that has a great value to it, I think. It's like, yeah, you know, as Mark was saying, like, we, you schedule something with your whole team and you make sure that you have this opportunity to talk to people and to talk to people directly and you, there's an intentionality about it that's required that I think is a benefit, actually.
3: Um, I also think, um, you know, we've, we've been, We've been trying to kind of accommodate, you know, everybody, we're used to working from home, but we're not necessarily used to working from home with our spouses or our partners or our children (laughs) or or whatever around us all day long. And so um, I I also am trying to kind of do kind of a virtual management by walking around, whereas, you know, most of my, I have associate directors and most of my team actually reports up to those folks, but I kind of make a point periodically throughout the week just to kind of do a drop in on everybody on IM, just to check in and see, you know, how they're Dealing and coping with things—not so much from a work, you know, pr- you know, t- deadlines that kind of thing—but just kind of, you know, just coping. You know, just adjusting and you know, trying to, trying to kind of remind people that that work-life balance we still need to kind of, um, kind of manage that somewhat, even in this crazy time.
2: It's a strange dynamic. I was thinking last night where it's like every way that we, you know, when you say to somebody, you're going to go and start working remotely, you know, be sure that you find ways to go and see people and that you leave the building and that you do all of these things. And people are like, great, we could get on a Zoom meeting to talk to our, you know, talk to each other, the family members in the evening. And like the last thing I want to do is stare at my screen for another five seconds, like in the evenings, on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And yet in this context, like it's not the same right now as it is in a regular <laughs> in a regular remote kind of mm-hmm. zone particularly for people who have kids at home um, but it's kind of fun for, I mean actually I had a kid like just show up in the video like, like earlier today just for a moment and she didn't actually the parent didn't even know it had happened and I was like hey and she was like what and he, he was gone, kid was gone Like, <laughs> just showed up <laughs> big smile and took off you know so we, that's not normal. We,
0: we specifically block some time for right now. We don't normally when we're all remote, but since everybody's home and <coughs> two of my staffers have children, we have like a half-hour coffee break one morning. a oh, that's and nice. My staffer's four-year-old will come sit and has her little <laughs> headphones and will <that'll laughs> wave. And this morning she was playing her violin for us. And, you know, another staffer's two-year-old will be Love running around idea. in the back. Um, trying to tell you about all of his toys, and it's really nice to just get a better picture of your employees, uh, like as a full person, and not just as a staffer who shows up at the office day in and day out. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, you wouldn't get that in another context. Silver linings.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think you know, you're you're really leading me down the, the the path to some of these other questions that, that I wanted to get to, and I think one of them is that that idea of how you kind of separate Maybe you've use different. You've kind of already touched on it. Maybe we can kind of go a little bit deeper into it of just how you make those separate spaces. I mean, I think in general times you would want to have times where you're just interacting with your staff, like as a human-human type interaction, and then where you're interacting in that manager to like direct report type um, role. But I think especially now, you know, I mean, that's the thing that is kind of interesting. Like we're recording this podcast because we feel it's relevant, but at the same time all the stuff can be used, but taking some of the grain of salt because it's very interesting times that we're, that's not, it's not normal uh, remote mm-hmm. Remote management um, time. But I think it speaks to what you've just started getting at, where it's like, how can you start to kind of delineate some of, the? is there, like when you're setting up these coffee times and stuff like that, I guess it's just like blocking out the time, but are you using different channels or I guess just making, just making it very clear? How are you kind of setting up those, those spaces for when it is more of that kind of casual time? for people to interact in that informal type of setting and where it's more of kind of, you know, I don't know, more structured type of uh, interaction.
0: Yeah, so I I can dive back into that with a little more info. My team has been blocking off kind of a lot of little times throughout the week just as optional check-ins because some people truly are home alone. Some are not seeing colleagues and are super extroverted. And so we have a coffee meeting, a happy hour, you know, some little team meetings, but they're all optional. And I try to make it very clear to my staff, like, if your two-year-old is crawling all over you and you can't hop on Zoom at 8.30 in the morning, like, that is not a big deal. But if you want to be on the phone and chatting with your coworkers to start your day, like, bring your kids, bring your cats, uh, you know, like, we'd love to see everybody. And so... Some of my staff are on like very set schedules. Like they have children that are a little bit older or spouses that have kind of a defined schedule too. And they know they need to be done at 4 o'clock and they need a break from 11 to 1 every day to do schooling, to do childcare. Um, I have another staffer whose husband is still working and she's home with a 2-year-old and a 3-month-old. Like. She's getting work done in 15-minute stints every time she can where nobody is screaming in the house, you know, and you don't know when that's going to be. So we've kind of set up a, if you think you're going to be away from your desk and unresponsive for more than 15 minutes or so, just put an away message on Slack or on Microsoft Teams or whatever tool you use. And all know not to expect anything from you right away. There's no such thing as a prospect development emergency in my mind. So I never need to reach you that urgently. I just (laughs) want to know when you're around and when you're away for a while.
1: That's really great. That's really good tips.
2: Yeah, we have, I don't know if this is a helpful, um, and I'm not even sure that this is Tim Michael's question, but um, sort of, in a regular time and, and still now, um, MSK has a, a, a process for going remote and or for going to a flexible work schedule, um, which I appreciate because it makes you have a conversation and say, okay, so this isn't the way people usually operate. So let's talk about (laughs) what, you know, what is this going to mean, what's going to be different about it, what is your schedule going to be, and you could change it, you know, it's not like you couldn't change it, but to recognize that we have the possibility of, you know, particularly given time zones and things, people having slightly unusual schedules, and it again comes back to like and we so we finalize and sort of formalize that um, that thought in a document that actually gets a, like sent through a system and logged in a system and then um, approved by the manager. Um, I don't know that I think the content is nearly as important as the fact of the conversation. Like I don't think contact is, is like is like mind blowing, um, but I do appreciate it. And, and, and the philosophy behind it, which was always, this isn't a privilege just for special people. This is a way of working, which if it works for MSK and it works for the staff member, that we can think about how we would make it work. Um, and, um, and, you know, so it, I like that sort of is like what is this job what is this position what does this position need to do will it work for msk to do it like this will it work for the staff member to make it work like this and so you're having a conversation that's about getting the job done and not about hey you've been so loyal and such a fabulous person that we're going to give you some special perk that's not the point right um and i think that's that's important and so it comes back around to to me to like the advantages of it and to this scheduling piece which is you know yeah like fine, you have um, kids, I'm even leaving out aside what's going on right now, um, I have a staff member who has um, kids who show up at home at like 3.30 and there's a little bit of chaos there for a couple of hours. So great, so she's scheduled to work from 8.30 to 3.30, you know, during the day and then she works from 9 to 11 at night because that's what works for her mm-hmm. and she's like incredible and incredibly dedicated, does huge amounts of you know, huge amounts of work, and for me, as a manager, it means I can recruit people from anywhere I want, I can get amazing people, and I can make their lives work, and particularly for people with kids, like, if you make your, if you make their lives work, they will stay, and it takes us a long time to train people, so anybody who will, who's great, who will stay, you know, I think I'm all about it, <laughs> so, um, coming back to this, you know, people scheduling, putting, using all your technology to schedule and say, you know what, um, you know, we have a manager who works from California, so she's just not around until 11 o'clock in the morning and her calendar says so every day. So every time I'm like, oh, I wonder if Becky's there, and it's like, no, it's five o'clock in the morning, Chamberlain, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, okay, and as you said, like, pretty much everything we can wait a couple of hours or I could find somebody else or I could do it myself <laughs> or whatever, so. Um, I'm not sure
1: where those. No, that's all, that's really good. That's actually a really, really good thought, especially uh, the idea of around the strengths of it. You know, I think some people, I would imagine that, you know, just with anything as a change, there's some stress around it for people who are experiencing this for the first time. Um, so I think um, identifying some of those, some of the strengths of being, of why you would want to give someone that's got a flexible schedule and like. One of nice
2: compelling things every once in a while is if you would just point out if you happen to be a New York City institution, the cost of New York City real estate. And if you really want to have a desk in Manhattan for a person, or (laughs) if you could not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, what does that mean? And, you know, we're going into campaign at this point. I have no idea when, but sometime. And, um, you know, there's thoughts about growing and
3: there's literally
2: no thought about any more space. So Mm
3: -hmm. what does that mean? One of the challenges that, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no, go ahead, please, Mark.
3: I I was going to say one of the things, I I totally agree with with everything Kate just said. I think that's always been one of the best parts about being, you know, managing virtual teams. I would say that um, we've always, and I'm kind of worried about it this year, just kind of knowing how things are going to, or imagining how things are going to play out. We always have tried to make space. For some face-to-face time, you know, whether it's a team retreat or you know that kind of thing, and and you know we're you know looking at you know trying to trim budgets and things like that with all the kind of imagining you know fundraising being down and just you know imagine travel is going to be one of those things that gets cut, and it's it's a little concerning to me just thinking about how whether we're restricted because you know it's not safe to go on airplanes yet, <laughs> or we no longer have travel budget to do some of these things, but. I would stress, you know, especially if you're if you are in the same neighborhood or communities that even if you get together at the park, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, or something like that, you know, to make sure that you get some of that face to face time. It's it's really really yeah. important. Um,
2: we had one year where we met at a conference. I don't remember where it was, but we all went to the conference and we just met two days earlier than the conference and rented a space in the. I think it was in Nashville, which is would wildly mm-hmm. cheaper than finding space in New York anyway had a great two days in Nashville, went to a conference and everybody went home. So that is really
1: huge. And I don't know what's gonna happen this year. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think we covered like a lot of really good information actually. That I think it would be really helpful for people. I feel like we should probably start to wrap it up and I think maybe a good way to do so would be to um, just do maybe like kind of a quick answer type of a uh, round real quick. Um, it seems what I'm gathering is that all of you um, and I know some of you have worked in offices that aren't remote before and, and, and everything. It seems like all of you really enjoy working in this current configuration that you're in with, with remote staff and being um, remote um, when you can be. And so I guess the question would be, we're not sure, I mean, it's hard to say how everything's going to shake out after the crisis kind of is over, um, but would, you would think like all the organizations like, found a way to become remote when they had to be. So there may be, you know, uh, in instance sense where a manager could suggest we continue to have some kind of flex time, or an uh, organization decides that that's going to happen. So this could be more of a long-term thing than a short-term thing. So I think, I don't know what would you maybe score on and, and like, how would you suggest like advocating for that? Um, what would be a way a manager could, and what are some of the benefits? I mean, Kate, you already highlighted some, but um, everybody else, so kind of what are some of the benefits you found, and why do you maybe like this more than working in like what are just, yeah, some of the benefits of having this remote type organization rather than being all together. So maybe we'll start with Jana. I don't think we should start with Jana yet for anything.
0: Sure. Um, I think Kate highlighted, you know, a ton of the benefits. I think a couple other ones are um, finding staff and retaining staff. Like I work with a staffer in Bozeman, Montana, and there just aren't many nonprofits to do prospect development work for out there and she's a great staffer so if i can give the flexibility and the type of professional development opportunities and all of that to continue to grow like there's a huge benefit to um allowing allowing staff to stay at your organization and giving them the flexibility that they need and you can retain some staff that you may not have been able to retain because Flex schedules remote work are a benefit to a lot of people, and there's a value in that. Um, personally, I hope this starts a trend to have more places open up their flex work and their remote work policies a bit. It's not the right fit for everyone, though. Like, I love it, but if I was home by myself all day, every day, I would also go a little stir-crazy. So, like, I'd probably be the one out of the co-working space one or two days a week, you know, like just to see other human beings. Um, but I, I do hope that more organizations move to this, uh, allowing this if staff are the right fit
3: for it. I I echo that exact same thing, and I and I I should should have started with this. I'm actually not a really great virtual teleworker. I I prefer to have. Even if I have an office that's like not at my house or whether it's a a table at a Starbucks or something, just to kind of get away from, I think it takes much more discipline, you know, to be really focused on your work when, you know, the laundry's laying there and dog needs to be walked and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think it is really important to acknowledge that some people are really good at it and it works perfect for and some it's not. I think when we did, I did a session on this at the APRA conference last year and we kind of talked about that. You know, all virtual, all in the office, and a couple days in, a couple days out. You know, I, I think just being real sensitive to people's strengths and, and their work, stry- work styles and trying to kind of accommodate that mix is really important. But everything else that, that, uh, that the, they said is, especially from managing a team perspective, are like the top reasons to kind of stay virtual. is work-life balance, the access to great staff wherever they may be, um, is really important.
2: Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the thing that I, <laughs> the comment I made about not wanting to get on another on another Zoom meeting. I mean, it's interesting because I do live on my own, and I didn't realize how many things I have invented in my you know outside of this house to get out and see people, or just go to the store, or go. And that, that being taken away from me right now is like wow, I had no idea, you know, like, like. Um, but definitely, I mean, we've talked about it in my, in my staff, like, there are definitely people who like, would like the, you know, two days in the office, three days at home kind of scenario, there are people who are, who never believed that they would like 100% remote, who are like, wow, this is actually okay, you know, um, and, and then, you know, it's, some people just doesn't work for them at all, so that's a it's another topic, in
3: a way. But. I want for one one last thing out, and then I'll hey, shut up. up. <laughs> um, uh, I think you know we all researchers and people in this you know in this prospect development space. You know we kind of fight for a seat at the table, right? You know it's always been kind of the long standing, you know I think challenge, and you know in recent years that's been less and less of an issue. I think that when things are virtual, you do have to kind of be be cognizant of that, and and not purposefully being Left off the table, but just out of sight, out of mind. If, you know, depending upon how your teams that you're in your in your in your development office are are organized, and you know whether you're a natural piece of the you know I, I'm not even in advancement services, right? So if I need to you know want to be or should be on a call about some of our advancement services stuff, you know that that advancement services email list doesn't capture me, you know, and so you've got to kind of work around that and be aware of those kinds of things so that you're not accidentally left off the virtual table so to speak
1: that's a really good final point that was something yeah I, I had seen when i was kind of kind of getting prepped for this call that see people are saying that siloing can kind of um can be can increase even more in a remote environment than in, than it is even is you know in, you know right, where people, everybody's working there together i think to your, to your point where i think there's a lot more intentionality and i mean a lot of a lot of things that we talked about today just that being really intentional about finding your spot, finding, mm-hmm. scheduling the time, and making sure you're where you need to be. Um, I think it's a lot more, it seems, appears to be, you know, for my limited time in this, working like this, <laughs> it seems to be something that's a lot more um, important. You know,
2: you that. know it, it, on a lot of places start with like one person. I think that's gotta be unbelievably difficult to be like the one person, mm-hmm. because ever then everybody has to be remembering, you know, we're at the point now, even pre-pandemic where basically every meeting it's you know there's gonna be somebody on the phone there's gonna be somebody on WebEx we have to be sharing a screen like even if everybody's in a conference room together except for two people there's always some collection of people and that makes a big difference um, it's you know somebody I was talking with was just like you know oh you know I'm sending one person home and I was like oh that's gonna be hard okay <laughs> good luck with that but, um, there's a there's a value to a little bit of scale, um, I think.
1: That's a really good point as well. This has been been great. This has been so insightful. I really appreciate the three of you taking the time out today to share your thoughts and get them recorded for everybody else. So um, I think that's going to be a a wrap on this one. But, yeah, thank you again, Kate, Shannon, and Mark, and I hope everybody enjoys this.
2: Thanks, Michael. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us
1: for
0: another episode of Beyond Prospecting, the APRA podcast. To discover all that APRA has to offer, visit APRAhome.org. For links to content featured in this episode, check out the show notes. If you like the show and want to help others find us, please subscribe to and rate us on iTunes. Until next
1: time.